This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, May 21st, and let's talk about the weather over the weekend. Well, today we have a lot of low clouds. Um, Marine air was pushed in to nearly the Cascade Crest. And so we'll have some breaks today, but I think it'll only be partially sunny. Uh, If I look at the satellite picture, I'm amazed to see smoke reaching eastern Washington. There's a big fire in Nevada. And overnight, smoke from that Nevada fire, which is the Cherrywood fire, and it's mainly a grass fire, that smoke moved northward and reached the eastern part of Washington State. So I can look at the visible satellite picture. The smoke is quite evident. But fortunately, that smoke is aloft. It's not at the surface. And if we look at uh, sensors, air quality sensors near the surface, we see that the quality is good. So the smoke is staying aloft. During the day, it'll diffuse and tend to move a little bit towards the west. Uh, no big health issue, but it is disturbing to see the smoke reach us. Now, today we have relatively unstable air over us, so I expect some showers to pop up on the western slopes of the Cascades, some cumulus, maybe even a thunderstorm or two, and there'll be even more showers in eastern Washington, so things will be percolating today. But I don't expect much over the central sound. I think it'll be partly sunny. Now, on Saturday, uh, temperature should get up into the lower 70s, so a pretty decent day, partly cloudy. Um, There may be a few showers over the mountains, uh, more in eastern Washington, but I think western Washington will have a really nice day on Saturday. Now, unfortunately, on Sunday, marine air starts pushing in. I expect a lot of low clouds uh, during the the day on Saturday, Uh, temperatures dropping to the mid-60s, so not quite as nice a day, maybe a little bit of, of sun once in a while, but a much cooler day, a much cloudier day on Sunday. Now, as we get into Monday and Tuesday, an upper-level trough will approach, and that trough will bring a front passing over the region on Monday. So I expect some showers on Mondays, uh, lots of clouds, and temperatures only getting up into the lower 60s, so a real knockdown, and the same will be true on Tuesday. So today is going to be pretty decent. Saturday will be the best day of the weekend. We'll enjoy And in the next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of weather forecasting. In my last podcast, I talked about the early history of weather forecasting, the period extending up until around 1820. Mankind, during the thousands of years before, had developed substantial folk wisdom about weather. With the sensitivity to obvious weather signs in the sky, signs that produced real forecast skill. Things like red sky at night, sailor's delight, or clear moon for soon. Weather forecasting demands accurate weather instruments for measuring temperature, pressure, and winds, and these were available by around 1750. And some perceptive weather observers, like Benjamin Franklin, understood that weather systems in the mid-latitudes move from west to east. And they noted that if weather information could be moved quickly enough, 
weather prediction was possible. And that advance, the ability to communicate weather information rapidly, occurred during the early 1800s with the invention of the telegraph. By the mid-1830s, telegraph lines were being installed and a substantial network was in place by the 1840s. And one of the early use, uses of the expanding telegraph system was to distribute weather data. In fact, during the 1850s, the Smithsonian Institution under Joseph Henry started actively collecting weather observations around the nation in real time, sending it to everyone via telegraph and creating weather maps that enabled early attempts to predict the weather using simple extrapolation. So they telegraphed the weather observations around the country and at each location, location, people could plot the weather information, have weather maps for today or for yesterday, and they could see where weather systems were, and they could basically extrapolate it in time. It's simple, but it was a tremendous advance. In England, Admiral Fitzroy, the famed captain of Charles Darwin's ship, the Beagle, established the British Meteorology Service uh, that started weather prediction in 1861. An interesting side story was that uh, there was a pushback by shipping interests. They didn't like the warnings of storms, which would keep their ships in port. They weren't worried about the safety of their crews. And their pushback resulted in weather forecasts being stopped in England for a while, starting in 1866. Now, let's turn to the United States. Here in the U.S., a weather prediction unit was set up in the U.S. Army around 1870 under meteorologist Cleveland Abbey, and the first official U.S. weather forecast was made on February 19, 1871. So we had weather forecasts that were being distributed, weather maps being created in real times. Now, forecast during the late 1800s was basically extrapolation in time. You know, the weather system was here yesterday, it's there tomorrow, we expect it to be there the day after. Okay. Now, and they also had weather models, but these were paper weather models. They were descriptive weather models. And so what a weather model was then was you'd have a low-pressure system, and you'd expect certain certain type of weather in front of it and behind it, standard weather that you'd expect around the storm. And as we extrapolated the lows, we would just look at this weather model and decide, well, then we expect you know, clouds ahead and clearing behind, something like that. Now, forecasting skill in the late 1800s improved as more observations became available. But that skill was very modest compared to what we have today. Maybe you can forecast 24 hours, 36 hours ahead of time with very modest skill. And that skill plateaued, leveled off by the end of the century. There's only so much you can do with pure extrapolation. One critical thing that was missing was any knowledge about how weather systems, how storms evolved over time. That's very important. And that information the idea about evolution of weather systems was only going to become available a few decades later, 
thanks to a group of Norwegian meteorologists. Now, look at a weather map today and you see all kinds of interesting symbols, including symbols for fronts, active areas of weather where temperature varies rapidly. There were no fronts in the maps in the 1800s. Fronts were unexplored, not understood at that time. So there, you know, we had improving forecasts by the end of the 1800s, but skill was very modest. We needed to know how weather systems evolved. During World War I, a group of very talented Norwegian meteorologists, what we call the Bergen School of Meteorology, collected weather data from around Europe and particularly a very dense set of weather observations at the surface around Norway. And using this extremely dense observational network, they discovered weather fronts. And how weather fronts, where temperature varies rapidly, how weather fronts relate to weather. And very importantly, they revealed in their study the evolution of mid-latitude cyclones. A cyclone is an area of low pressure. And these are connected with fronts as well. The Norwegians understood how cyclones evolved over time. Thus, meteorologists could get beyond extrapolation of weather systems. We could actually predict how they would evolve over time using this Norwegian cyclone model. And the results were substantial improvement in weather forecasts. Now, after World War I, another technology became available that was important for weather prediction, and that was balloon-launched observation platforms called radiosondes. Now, weather is completely three-dimensional, right? The atmosphere is very three-dimensional. And to understand what is occurring and what will occur, you need to know the detailed structures of weather systems aloft. Now, until there were these radiosondes, these balloon-launched weather observing platforms, meteorologists had to deal with a few mountain stations some weather kite data, and occasional observations from early aircraft. But these were completely inadequate. But with the invention of the radio sun during the 1920s, upper air data became available and led to the discovery of key weather features aloft, like the famous jet stream, a current of strong winds in the upper atmosphere that controls the movement of weather systems. And as we, we will talk about more next time, weather forecasts improve again because we understood what was happening three-dimensionally. And the biggest revolution in weather prediction was still in the future, numerical weather prediction, using computers to simulate and forecast the weather. And I will tell you the story of the development and use of numerical weather prediction in the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog.
See you next time.